Hey guys, what's going on? Happy Sunday and welcome to our Fervent Online Experience. My name is Pastor Mike, lead pastor of Fervent Church, and we're in this series called I'm Out. All right, if you miss any part of this series, make sure you go back on our YouTube channel and check us out. But in this series, we're discovering freedom, all right? And so today we're talking about the arena of temptation, how to get free from temptation, how to look at temptation and say, I'm out. We all face temptation. Real talk, this week I faced temptation. Last week, I promised you that I was gonna start eating better and taking care of myself because I slacked the other week. I, I became a victim of the quarantine period and the grazing that we do in the kitchen. And so guess what I did? I stole a waffle the other day. I thought I was gonna get away with it. My wife came back from Target. She smelled it in the atmosphere. Of course she did. And I was tempted again, right? To compound the sin, tempted again, not only to, to sin against myself, but now I was tempted to lie to her and I was thinking, I I could just blame it on the boys. I was thinking, hey, I don't know what that smell is. Deny, deny, deny. Uh, but instead, I told the truth. So I overcame that temptation. Why am I telling you all that? It's because we all struggle with temptation. So I'm going to dive right in today because we got a lot of ground to cover in regards to temptation. All right. So if you need any of the notes, make sure you go to fervent.tv forward slash hub and grab some of the notes. But I want to dive in and talk about some of our misconceptions of temptation. Okay. Y'all know what tempted being tempted is like, these even the thoughts, the allure to doing something wrong. And I think the first misconception that we kinda, kinda gotta attack today is that temptation is a sin. That is a lie. Temptation is not a sin. But the first misconception is that sometimes we feel that temptation is a sin. Sometimes we feel guilty that we're being tempted. Yo, we're all human. You're gonna be tempted. Heck, Temptation can't be a sin because if temptation was a sin, we're about to read that Jesus himself was tempted. And since he was morally perfect and did not sin, lived a sinless life, we can't say that temptation is a sin. So if Jesus didn't feel guilty for being tempted, why should you feel guilty when you're being tempted? I heard a famous preacher say it this way. It's not the bait. It's the bite. Things are gonna, there's gonna be bait all around the place, right? To rob you of, uh, of your focus, to distract you. It's not the bait. Bait's gonna be everywhere. It's when we bite that we should then feel a little guilty or a lot guilty about what we're doing, okay? So temptation alone is not a sin. The second misconception is this, that the devil made me do it. Get, let me get a, a hand raised in the chat if you've ever said that. The devil made me do it, all right? Let's bust through that misconception right now. And yo, straight up, the devil didn't make you do jack, okay? You did it, okay? You did it. In the book of James, which by the way, if you haven't signed up for Fervent Now, go after, right after this service and go sign up for Fervent Now. Pastor Barry did a phenomenal teaching and I'm not blowing, you know, I'm not blowing smoke right now. He did a, a really good job of breaking down the book of James. And so go, go and follow along and study with him. But in the book of James, it talks about temptation and it says this. It says that, that blessed is the man, happy is the man who endures temptation. Okay, we can do this. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised him to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted. So not only does the devil can't make you do it, but just know that God's not setting you up to be tempted, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, it says this, 
but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. So what is the source of temptation? It's not even the devil. The source of temptation is you, you, me. We're the source of temptation because if we didn't have desire, it wouldn't even be temptation according to scripture. You are the source of it according to the desires. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives death, okay? That is the pattern of temptation. We're tempted, and then once we sin, once we eat the waffle, then it compounds to sin, and then we're tempted to lie about eating the waffle. Come on. And then it brings devastation. It brings disaster. It brings death, all right? I could have I sacrificed my wife's trust in me for a flipping waffle, right? Just one waffle. And I ate one waffle. Just one. And I know when you look at your toaster, it has two slots. Why? Because your waffle gets lonely. But I only ate one. But still, remember last week we talked about there's no such thing as big sins or little sins. I fell victim to temptation. And that's what it does. It births sin. And then that sin will birth disaster. Okay. But it all starts with our desire. So the devil didn't make you do it. You decided that. Okay. The other misconception of temptation is this, that there's no way out. All right. There's no way out. I was backed up to the court. There was nothing I could do. I had to do this thing. And I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Right. Here's what scripture promises us in First Corinthians 10, 13. It says no temptation, no temptation has overtaken you except such which is common to man. OK. Temptation is a normal thing in life. OK. It's common to man. So whatever way you're tempted, it's common. OK. But God is faithful. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to be tempted, okay? Some people misquote this verse, well, God will never give you more than you can bear. That's not what the verse says, baby. It says that he won't not allow you to get tempted more than you could bear. Sometimes he will allow big, heavy things to enter into your life so that you could learn to rely on him. I said it. So don't misquote the scripture. It talks, it's, this is about temptation, but then it says this, but with temptation will also make the way of escape. God made a promise that with every temptation, there's an escape door. There's a back door. There's a window. There's always, there's a fire escape. There's always a way of escape with every temptation. Okay. The other misconception of, of temptation that I would throw in there is this, that I didn't have a choice, right? Or I, I accidentally sinned. Listen, there is no such thing as accidental sin. You made that decision. And I hear that. You were like, why do we have to say that in the sermon? Because I hear that a lot. I don't know what happened. I just got drunk. I don't know what happened. I just ended up at so-and-so's house in so-and-so's bed. I don't know what happened. And I might look at you with silence with this kind of face right here, but just know that I see right through it. Nobody, you, me, nobody accidentally sins. You made that decision. So that is the misconception of temptation. And the last one, and I think it's a one that we need to be guarded with is that the misconception of temptation is that temptation only comes during the bad seasons. No. In fact, it does come in the bad seasons, right? Maybe you're feeling tempted right now during this quarantine period. You're home alone, you're bored. You know, the, the Bible, um, not the Bible, but society has said that the idle hands are the devil's playground, right? And so, yes, temptation comes during a bad season, but it also comes in the good seasons. I, I know that people right after moments of success, right after um, when things are going great, when there's money in your pocket and you got no worries, you are still vulnerable to temptation, 
okay? In fact, if you're a Christian, if you're a person that is a Christian, I'm here to tell you that if you're a person who, who feels like you're really strong in God, you're more vulnerable to temptation. I have found that people who just give their lives to Christ, just started their journey in their faith, they're actually better at the area of temptation because they're more guarded, okay? They say things like, oh, I gotta go to church or I gotta go to my online meetup and I gotta do this. There's just urgency for them because they're recognizing their weakness. It's when we're oblivious to our weaknesses, when we think we're strong, is when we become more vulnerable to those temptations. Come on, can I get an amen in the chat? All right? So this message is for everyone, every single person. And we're gonna learn what does it mean what does it mean to break free from temptation? Because you could do it because there is a way out. But let's not, let's not give in to these misconceptions of temptation, all right? We're going to go to Luke chapter 4 and understand how did Jesus example, give us, exemplify the way that we could beat temptation. And starting at verse 4, um, I'm sorry, starting in chapter 4, it says this, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This part of the Bible for a while drove me insane because if, if you study scripture, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. OK, so listen to what happens. The Holy Spirit sends Jesus into the wilderness. Well, what was he doing in the wilderness? He was fasting in the wilderness. But then while he was fasting, he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. All right. All those things sound very uncomfortable to me. All right. I'm a city slicker. I don't like outdoors. It, it, even talking about the outdoors, even talking about the wilderness makes me real itchy right now. All right. And so being being that, that so the Holy Spirit, the comforter led Jesus to an uncomfortable place. The comforter led Jesus to an uncomfortable place. There are times where we will misinterpret God because we feel like, well, why is he leading me into more discomfort? Well, maybe that's not God. No, that is God. Sometimes he will lead you into discomfort so that you could recognize him as the comforter. We, are, we, we recognize him as the comforter only when we're in uncomfortable situations. Hello. All right. So here we see Jesus being led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Verse two, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when he had ended, he was hungry. That's the biggest duh moment in scripture, right? You didn't eat for 40 days. Jesus was hungry. We got you. Big revelation there. Verse four, verse three. And when the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, the Greek word if right there also can mean since. So one can translate it since you are the son of God. Command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying it is written Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. Then the devil, taking him on a high mountain, showed him all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, which is a lie, and I give it to whomever I wish. Verse 7 says, therefore, if you worship me, this is the devil making a promise to Jesus, if you worship me, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, this is this is Satan pulling out all the stops right now. He starts quoting 
the Old Testament, Psalm 91, and he says this. This is what it's really written. It says that he shall give you his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered to him and said this. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now that when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until the opportune time. If you resist the devil, he has to flee. He has to get out of the way. Then I add verse 14. Maybe in your Bible, it kind of like goes to the next. It puts this as a part of something other than that specific story. But I personally see this as a part of this story. And here's why. So this is then Jesus returned after being fast, after fasting for 40 days, after being tempted, after being in the wilderness. This is what happens. Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding regions and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. This was a turning point in his ministry here. He went from prior to this, we read that he was baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. He was baptized. God cracked open the sky, said, this is my son who I am well pleased. And the spirit of God descended on him like a dove. Then he goes from the dove to the devil, right? He goes from the dove to the devil, and then he comes out power. The Bible talks about his power out of this. And here's why. Before our character could ever be trusted, it must first be tested. Before our character can be trusted, it must first be tested. So maybe you feel like right now, this crazy season that we're in, historically speaking, we've never encountered anything like this. You feel like you're being tested. Let's stop complaining for a second. And let's forget about the fact that we're being tested, but maybe it's a setup, not a setback, and that we're being tested only so that we could be entrusted the next season that's coming up. Come on, that's hope for you right there. And that's the progression of the Holy Spirit. That's the progression that Jesus walked. And we're tested, right? We're tested with a lot of things, but he's setting us up to be trusted and empowered to do his will on earth, all right? So just let's stop complaining about this test that we're going through right now. Let's say, all right, I'm being set up to be trusted with God's plan in my life, all right? But we're not gonna leave you there. We're gonna learn how did Jesus beat temptation? Ready? Number one. How did Jesus beat temptation? temptation? Number one, here's this principle. Don't question your identity. Don't question your identity. Temptation will come. Temptation's angle is to question your identity. What did, you, what did Satan come and do? He says, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, he was questioning his identity, okay? Now, mind you, Jesus, prior to this, heard from God. Cracked open the sky. This is my son who I am well pleased. Okay. His identity had approval from the father. He had the words from the father that he held on to. But the enemy's first line of temptation is this. Hey, I got to help you. I got to make you question who you are. And even worse than questioning who you are, it's proving who you are. Temptation will do that to you. Temptation will sit there and say, hey, prove that you are who you say you are, prove that you are called, prove that you are loved by God, prove. And I think the biggest test of your confidence isn't that, isn't if you could prove who you are, it's when you don't have to prove who you are. And I love my Jesus, he didn't have to prove who he was, because I'm not gonna prove to you, it is written. And then he responded, not by proving, but he responded with the truth. Knowing your identity, knowing your identity, 
and living according to your identity will help you not settle in your life. I'm gonna say that again. I've been accused by being repetitive, but I've also been accused by preaching too quick, so I'm gonna slow it down for you. Knowing your identity and also living according to your identity will help you not settle in your life. A lot of times we're tempted, maybe some of the single folks here, you're tempted because why? You've been alone for a while, you've been single for a while, and, and you're tempted to go, all right, he's not, he or she's not everything I want in life, but I'm gonna give him a shot. You settle because you tend to forget about who you are, okay? You're a mighty person in God, you've been longing after God, desiring God, you have a great relationship with God, so that is who you are. That is where you got your identity. You're listening to the Father. And what we do when we see, we settle, when something's less than that, right? We settle because we're not living according to our identity and not living by our identity. We forget about it. And even worse so, you, when you start feeling like, well, don't I deserve this because I've been doing all this other stuff? And you're living based on your performance. You're living based off your scoreboard, but you're not living based off your identity. Hello? All right, so stop proving your identity and stop questioning your identity because that is the first line that temptation comes at you with. Hey, are you really the person that you say you are? Because if I could get you to question that, then I could get you to settle. I could get you to settle for this false promise that, I, that, that, that Satan was giving Jesus and he's still using that same plot today. He's gonna get you to settle for something less than your identity deserves. Am I talking to anybody today? The second way that Jesus beat temptation was this, that he chose, we need to choose spiritual resources over physical resources. Choose spiritual resources over physical resources. We need both. I'm not saying that we don't need food. I'm not saying that we don't need finances to pay the bills and keep the electric on. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that if one has to come in conflict with the other, I'm going to choose the spiritual resources over the physical resources. What was Satan's, what was Satan's plot in this moment? He says this, hey, you're hungry right now. Turn this stone into bread. You have the power, and it, this is what he loves to do. He loves to use little pieces of your identity to, 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 to make a distorted version of your identity. You have the power, turn this stone to bread. Choose your physical resources over your spiritual resources. And Jesus said, no, I don't need to. Why? Because I shall live on every word that comes from God. Every word that comes from God. That is a spiritual resource, not a physical resource. So that's what Jesus chose in that moment. And so in that, Jesus saw beyond the moment. And I think that's what we need to do. When temptation comes our way, see beyond the moment. All temptation is, temptation starts with the imagination first. It starts with this false promise and then our imagination builds on that false promise. And what we need to do is we need to, in order to see beyond the moment, what temptation will promise us and what sin promises us this. Sin promises, hey, you could have pleasure right now, but you might risk pain forever. So what we need to do is reverse that, okay? So when we're thinking about it, use our imagination to tell us the truth here for a second and go, sin will promise pleasure now, which is fine. And the truth, what it promises is this. No, no, no. You might have pain right now, 
but you might have eternal pleasure later. Sin promises pleasure now and the possibility of pain forever. No, 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 no. Let's, let's choose the opposite. We want, we want pain. We, I'll choose the pain of rejecting this right now, the pain of not knowing what's coming, the pain of uncertainty, the pain of the moment. I'm going to choose the pain of the moment so that I can have pleasure eternally. All right. Again, that is the plot of temptation. But what we need to do, we need to we need to choose spiritual resources over the physical resources. That's a big way to say this. Choose, choose your development over your destination. Okay. choose your development over your destination. Notice what Satan did. He put Jesus on a mountaintop. He put Jesus on a mountaintop. Showed him all this stuff. He gave him a destination. He showed him the destination, right? And the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That was all his anyway. But that's what sin will do. Sin will take you and show you, hey, here's the destination. And so sin can take you. Ooh, write this down. Sin can take you to big places, but it'll never make you a big person. Sin can take you to big places. It, I'm not going to lie to you. Come on. If you, I used to hustle back in the day. I used to sell drugs. It took me to big places. It made my pockets big, but it made me a small person. And the promise of sin, sin will in the moment take you to big places. Satan took him to the mountaintop, took him on the pinnacle of the temple, but it will never make you a big person. Okay? So choose your development over the destination. Choose spiritual resources over physical resources. Y'all getting this? Because if not, that's what we're really doing. We're, we're, we're teaching ourselves that we don't need instant gratification. The promise of sin is instant gratification, that you could have pleasure now. And here's what I found out in my life, that a rushed blessing is no longer a blessing. A rushed blessing is no longer a blessing. How I know this, I was just in France. And unfortunately, some of you heard the story where uh, our travel plans were all jacked up because uh, of a storm and delayed and held up in the airport and so forth. So we saw a lot of France, but we saw we only had a little bit of time in Paris. So our last day on the way back coming home, we only had a morning in Paris. That's it. Just one morning in Paris. So we got up early and we, we walked all over Paris. And everything that everyone wanted was a crepe, okay? We wanted to say we ate a crepe in Paris. But I was nervous the whole entire time because I was like, I didn't want to miss our flight back because I wanted to get as far away from possible, far away as possible uh, from airports after that season. And so um, I didn't want to miss it. And so I'm rushing, rushing. And then we finally get to this crepe place. And I got the, 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 the hazelnut, come on, the, the Nutella with the bananas and in the crepe. And the problem is, we didn't, we didn't get to enjoy it. We got the promise. We didn't get to enjoy it because we had to quickly eat it. So I scarfed it down, Nutella all over my mouth, rushing and walking while we're eating it. We couldn't even sit down to eat it, okay? And what happened? It, that blessing was rushed, and then it didn't have a good taste in my mouth. I didn't even get to enjoy the blessing when it's rushed. Hey, slow things down. Fight the need for instant gratification because that is the promise of sin. And the reason it's tempting is because it could give you that pleasure now, but see beyond the moment and see that it, it might not be good right now, but it will be good in the future because it could take me to a big place, but it will never make me a big person. All right. The other way that Jesus uh, kicked temptation in the teeth was number three. He stuck to the truth. Stick to the truth. Stick to the truth. 
What did he kept on responding with? It is written. It is written. It is written. What was he talking about? He kept on realigning himself to truth. It is written. And here's the crazy part. Satan used scripture. He says, all right, I'm going to use Psalm 91. Because then Satan came back with, it is written, but it was a distorted truth. Okay? Side note, real quick before I continue on. Knowing scripture doesn't put you in right standing with the Father. Knowing Jesus puts you in right standing with the Father. How do I know that? Because Satan knows more scripture than you'll ever know. Knows more scripture than I'll ever know. And just knowing scripture alone, just quoting Bible verses, does not make you put you in right standing with the Father. Knowing Jesus puts you in right standing with the Father. Can I get an amen in the chat on that? All right. But he misquoted. He overplayed his hand. He misquoted Psalm 91 because this is what Psalm 91 really says. It says this, for he shall give his angels charge over you. And this is the, ver- this is the line that he, he skipped. He, he omitted. He edited scripture. And it says to keep you in all your ways. Okay. He had no intention to keep Jesus safe. He had no intention to keep Jesus sound. That was not his intention. So he omitted that part out and just wanted worship from Jesus in that moment. And so the facts were that, hey, this is what the Bible says, but it's not the totality of the Bible. He gave him this distorted sense of truth. And be careful because temptation will do that. It'll give you a a distorted sense of truth. But you have to know not only your identity, but know who Jesus is. Know who Jesus is in scripture. Know who he's called you to be and hold on to those words and know those words intimately in order for you to fight temptation because it will come with distorted truths. You might have heard the saying that a half truth is still a whole lie. A half truth is still a whole lie. And there will people that will come to you and they'll say, they'll, they'll quote scripture to you, but it's distorted. Be guarded. Know your word. Know your word. More importantly, know Jesus in the word. All right. And be guarded on that because sometimes they will come to you with facts and facts can be limiting. Do you know that? There's a difference between, we talked about this in the series before, facts and truth, right? Sometimes facts, knowing facts can be limiting. They, the facts are factual. They're real. They're reality. Uh, But we live according to truth. The word truth means the supreme reality. There's a couple facts in my life that are limiting to me. All right. I am short. That is a fact. But that should that is not limiting the truth activated in my life that I don't have to seem like I'm less than someone else who is taller than me. Right. And if you can focus more on the truth than facts in your life, you'll be able to withstand temptation. Y'all pick up what I'm laying down today. All right. Last one is to know your role. Jesus knew his role. My favorite line in the whole story, Satan, get behind me. Satan, get behind me. In other words, Jesus knew his role. He knew his place, that he he wasn't being led by Satan, that he was the one in front of Satan. Satan, get behind me. And to know your role comes from your identity, And to know this, that you serve the Father, right? You serve the Father. The Bible says, as Jesus is, so am I. So we are in Christ. So if Jesus says, Satan, get behind me, guess where Satan is in your life? He's behind you. Like we said before, he can't make you do jack squat. He can't make you do anything. So know your role, all right? Know your role that he is behind you. He's beneath you. He's not in front of you or above you. 
to know your role and know your role that there's no authority in your life. The first thing that Jesus, the first thing that God gave humanity was decision, decision and authority. He says this, go and name all the animals, take care of paradise. That was, that was, a, that was the role that he gave humanity. But the role was under God. If, if sin would have never entered the picture if we didn't switch our roles and we thought, you know, sin entered the picture when we thought we knew more than God. Come on, read the story in Genesis. That's when sin entered the picture. We didn't recognize our role. So know that we are serving God and Satan is behind us, okay? We're serving God and Satan. And here's the cool part. When, when Satan asked Jesus to worship him, he just said to worship him, to bow down and worship me. But Jesus says, no, worship and serve God only. I love how Jesus combined worship and service. That real worship doesn't even exist without service, right? So you don't just worship God, we serve God. And that's how my Jesus beat temptation. And guess what, folks? That's how you can beat temptation. So when you are tempted in this season, and you will be, you can say, hey, temptation, I'm out. I'm out because I saw the model that Jesus gave us.